0: Welcome to Hey There Sunshine. We all know life can be dark and grey at times, but this podcast is about finding your sunshine and how to have more of it in our lives. If you want to hear real stories from everyday people, chats with health professionals and self-reflections, then this is the podcast for you. Let's break the stigma of mental health and open up the conversations. Just a. Quick trigger warning that towards the end of this podcast, we do briefly discuss loss. It's only a short part of the podcast, however, it's a really important part. Uh, Steph is really, really passionate about helping people to talk about pregnancy loss and treating that however the parents of that baby would like to talk about it. So um, it is important and it, or I think a really important part of the podcast, but yeah, use your own discretion. We're at episode seven. Today is a beautiful conversation with the lovely Steph Loyello, who is a clinical psychologist and owner of the village around me. I just feel so privileged to have had this conversation with her. It's a really, really great conversation, very educational in terms of, from a psychology perspective. Steph also talks about her own personal experiences in, um, yeah, her post-baby experiences and why she was so passionate about starting this business. It's really such a great episode to listen to, I think, for anybody. So my quick recommendation for today is to ask for the help. This is inspired by a couple of my friends. It's actually currently school holidays. And a couple of my friends, you know, said, yes, I've booked my kids in Osh. I just need a couple of days to, like, reset. Another friend said, yeah, I've got um, my sister having the kids for a night just so I can get some stuff done and have some me time. And I was like, yes. I need to do that too. So, yeah, I've asked my sister to have um, the boys for, for a few hours um, this weekend while because my husband's working. And so I'm just, yeah, I know no will need a break by Saturday. So ask for the help. And it doesn't even have to be about kids stuff, you know. If it's like house renovations or moving or... Anything, painting your house, whatever, ask for the help. Most people, if they love you, they're more than willing to give you a helping hand. So do it. All right, let's get into an amazing conversation with Steph from the village around me. Hello, and welcome back to Hey There Sunshine podcast. We've got a beautiful guest today by the name of Steph Loyello. Welcome, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. Steph, it's so great to have you here. I'm, I came across your Instagram and just knew, you know, another Adelaide person doing just amazing things with mums and mental health. And I just thought we'd have a really good conversation on here. So I'm excited. Me too, and the power of social media, hey? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, Steph, you're a clinical psychologist. Yeah. Yep, and you own the village around me. Where's that based? Is it Glenelg?
1: So we started off, well, we, I started off, um, just me, solar practitioner doing home visits and telehealth. So I didn't have a base. I was all virtual. Okay. Um, and as we've grown, um, we now have a space at Glenelg North
0: beautiful how exciting and I just love the name the village around me like oh just Hubby perfect
1: said, it's way too long and I persisted and said no <laughs> because I guess um yeah, village is used a lot absolutely as it should um but we forget about us in the middle we yes. often village around a baby yes really yeah
0: and I think it tells it tells you a lot about what it is mm. what, yeah like yeah yeah no yeah i just i saw the instagram name and i was like yes yes i can see already what you'll be about and then Mm. you know you click on and see you know your psychologist and every all that stuff and um yeah no i love the name so tell hubby (laughs) i said you were right (laughs) (laughs) thanks Um, so I start all my podcasts um, like with guests um, with asking something that they're grateful for. I'd love to know something that you're grateful for.
1: Mm, it's a really hard one because I'm grateful for a lot of things, but um, as you will find out as we chat, um, I'm currently sitting here on my um Fitball and drinking yeah. my raspberry <laughs> leaf tea. Uh, Thirty-five weeks pregnant, um, and so I think particularly of late in the past few weeks, I'm so grateful that I'm in a really privileged position that I get choice in my life, um, that I get to, you know, educate myself and, and make an informed choice that's right for me. Um, so I'm just really grateful for that at the
0: moment. That's so amazing. I love that, the simplicity, choice. That, that's something that yeah. so many people would take for granted. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't have. Yes, correct correct it is definitely yeah it's um it's definitely something to be grateful for for sure Mm -hmm. um so steph i'd love to know when you know you're finishing school and all of that what made you want what was your draw to being a psychologist
1: in the first Um, place mm, that's a really good question i straight away knew From about year 10, 11, when, you know, started choosing your subjects, um, that psychology was always on the radar uh, because it is not tangible. (laughs) And I really liked that. I really liked the idea of learning about the human brain and behaviour and something that isn't easily understood. So it just really intrigued me. But I always loved kids as well. Um, It's often how the story starts for perinatal psychs. (laughs) They often start working with kids and families. Um, and children's mental health, and then quickly realising the importance of um, parental and maternal mental health. So, yeah, I knew I wanted to work with kids. I loved psychology, and um, I remember going to my dad and saying, I'm going to be a child psychologist, and he was like, oh, are you? Okay, let's see about that, and I did. (laughs) <laughs> um I was really lucky to get straight into um psychology degree with honors um and then got into
0: master's and just continued all the way through that's awesome so yeah didn't just did it all through didn't sort of stop start the study just no. went all the way through to your master's
1: yes and then yeah. in master's um made what I thought was a really tough decision to go part-time to get married. And I remember making the decision going, oh, but, you know, I'm delaying everything in life. No, like that was more important to me to be able to start a family with me and my husband. And when I say that, I mean me and my husband being a family. Um, So, yeah, that was the only kind of break that I had. I went down to part-time.
0: Yeah. How nice is (laughs) part-time? Oh,
1: look. I'm all like I said at the start I'm all for choice Um, yeah but yeah personally yeah part-time really works for me yeah yeah
0: and obviously it's not something that everyone can do and um but it's yeah it's definitely a a much easier life balance that's for sure yeah yeah so you started off in like child psychology pediatric psychology Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually moved to perinatal. So I know there's a bit of a story in terms of how you got there in terms of your own experience. So I'd, mm-hmm. love, I'd love for you to tell the listeners what that experience was and how that led you to your, um, your focus on, in perinatal yeah. psychology.
1: Yeah, it's kind of twofold. Um, I went straight into working in trauma. So, child trauma, abuse, neglect, um, and doing ther- direct therapy with children. Often they've been removed from care. So, really disrupted early starts to life. Uh, and that was extremely eye opening and learned so much um, that I couldn't even fathom and loved it. But it was very intense. It would have been massive. Trauma is now becoming a big conversation for everyone that trauma doesn't necessarily mean a big event happened to you. Trauma can happen little bits over very long time.
0: Mm. Um,
1: And so it's just an area that I will always love and connect with um, because I think it's so important to heal trauma um, for your current and long-term mental health. So anyway, I, sorry, I could go off on a tangent on that, but started off in that area was there for about four, four years um and it was just so clear that most of the work particularly for kids that were still with their birth parents and not even actually um quite a few of the um foster parents um and even short short-term emergency um carers a lot of the work was with them um and yes it was around upskilling them around trauma impact parenting but also on their own mental health and the impact on could have on their children in that if they're not looking after themselves how are they going to be caring for children that have extra needs
0: for sure like the parenting is hard enough yes yes. it (laughs) is. let alone dealing with these really complex children that have been through a lot themselves like there's a whole nother layer there definitely so that from a I guess professional
1: lens um, I knew working with families and parents was going to be my jam going forward Mm -hmm. um, just to promote long-term mental health for the whole family. Um, So that was that. Um, But then I had my own little one, and I'm not sure how much you want me to go into that story because we could be
0: here for hours. (laughs) Um, Yeah, tell tell us, I guess, like the base level. Yeah, sure. What you feel comfortable sharing for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't, it's funny, I did a post the other day and
0: I I don't often
1: share my story um, and that's kind of what we're taught to do. You know, at times it's good to connect with clients, but um, I think it's so important to, you know, be open and honest when people want to hear it and it might resonate with them. So um, I, we got married quite young. I was only 23 Uh, But we, you know, started for children straight away and really struggled. Um, Expect, you know, told your whole life that kids just happen. Mm,
0: Especially at 23. Right,
1: right. No health issues, um, no concerns. Uh, And then I went, something's not right here. Uh, I had like really minor symptoms of polycystic ovaries quite early on, but that was really easily managed. Um, So I went to a um doctor and no no you're young you're fine it's only been like 10 months or whatever it was uh and I kept getting pushed back for six months at a time Mm. Uh, and then four years had passed or three and a half years um and I went this is a joke I can't do this anymore (laughs) oh my Uh, gosh. gosh so I really advocated and pushed for seeking fertility treatment or at least some, you know some assessment or tests around the area um so anyway long story short we ended up uh doing IVF um for unexplained infertility and uh we were so extremely extremely lucky to conceive our little one um through IVF first round
0: wow
1: uh and so it was not an easy journey mentally to get to that point um, once I did I went right my whole life is about my family I've worked so hard to get here yeah um,
0: and,
1: and so that became my kind of focus as as it does for every single parent um, and then my bub hit 10 months and I returned back to work um, but Things just didn't fall into place to go back to where I was. Um, So I made the decision, actually, I want to go private. Um, So I started working in private practice with kids. And it was great. Loved it. But I went, again, I want to be supporting
0: parents. Yeah, Um, you knew your calling.
1: Yeah. And in private practice, it was much less about that than it was in... Um, a not-for-profit. Um, okay. It was more so, you know, children were brought in. You did treatment directly with them, um, which was still so rewarding, uh, but not, yeah, not my calling. I think.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. And parenting was not easy. I I could give birth, uh, you know, every day for the next year. <laughs> I loved. Yeah. It. My birth experience with my son was beautiful. I cannot, you know, I don't have a negative word to say about that. It wasn't easy, but Compare that to the newborn period, I was not ready for that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's a ring of fire, isn't it? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes. Um, And I think, yeah, I I think I told you my narrative that I was told about even pregnancy, birth, all aspects of being a mum was such a negative narrative that everyone in my family and friends shared. Yeah. It was very rare that I heard positive things at all. Yeah. I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people given generationally what birth has looked like. Um so I went this is not right. This is not right that we're just expected to just know what to do. Um and my care team which were absolutely beautiful. Cannot fault them. I uh, knew that I was a psychologist and said, oh, yeah, you know, we'll do this screener, but you would know. You're okay. You would know if you had. Um, Ooh. <gasps> um, which I, I, I totally get. I,
0: I, yeah, now that but... I'm field,
1: I know that, that um, doctors get very minimal training about mental health, very minimal. Yeah. So I can fully acknowledge that. Um, but I went, well, actually, I can. I can change that with the clients that I see. Um, I can advocate. I can teach teach doctors, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. not necessarily teach them, but, but help them understand actually this is life-changing for people. I absolutely, looking back, had some symptoms of postnatal depression. I don't think I was, you know, fully in the trenches of it, but my gosh, I ain't quick to anger really irritable all the time, Um, you know, low mood to the point of um, I'm going to put, and I resonated with uh, your first episode uh, Mm -hmm. saying you're pushing yourself to get out there socially. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Oh, yes, got to connect with people. That's that's what I need. Um, Both me and baby need this for our mental health when actually it was probably making it worse there's a fine line I think
0: right? <laughs> yeah I, f- I found the days easier sometimes when I did get out the house but then mm. there were some t- some things like more more weekend things I would say for me um yeah. <laughs> with like parties and 30ths and final stuff. stuff yeah because we yeah we weren't like sort of in a sort of surrounding friends where we were living. Mm-hmm. We were we were probably one of the first ones to have a baby. Like I had plenty of other friends that had babies, but they weren't nearby. Um, so we were still trying to like, I think, do all these things that our friends were still doing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, it does add to the exhaustion, doesn't it? Absolutely. And the added layer of
1: first time, yeah, being a mum the first time and Every little thing is thought about. Every single second of this baby's experience is thought about. Um, So I found that really difficult. So, yeah, I I think I definitely had some symptoms of depression. It was never picked up. Um, But throw in there, my little one was born during COVID. uh, So, you know, I didn't didn't get my calf's check in. Um, I went, we went, we uh, went private the first time. Uh, and so, yes, we were invited to go back for regular appointments, but doing that in itself was so hard and it was very much about baby and not me. Yeah, for sure. So you can see where this is going. but
0: Yeah, but I just, I so felt because, so I had my first baby in June 2019. So, <laughs> you know, when all the COVID stuff was going, going on, it was he was about eight, eight months, nine months, I think. Yeah. And I just felt like I had a few friends that in that 2020 year, had a baby and oh my gosh like not having that CAFs I mean I know the CAFs group um, for, sorry for people that aren't um, in Adelaide It CAFs is Child and Family Health Service so it's like a government service that you can go to for free and they run like sessions every week for a certain period and sometimes that sort of becomes like a mum's group. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really lucky and had like I still, like tomorrow I'm catching up with girls from mum's group, mm-hmm. from ca- from CAFs, which is not, I know that's not super hurt, like that can be quite unheard of. Like he's four now. <laughs> um, um, But, yeah, that must have been so hard not having that.
1: Wait, sorry, I should correct. Um, I didn't explain myself very well. I didn't have the CAFs nurse visit follow-ups. Right. Okay, um, but you did have the CAFs group. Yeah, they started as video, which... <laughs> Not very Ooh. connecting when you've got babies, um, <laughs> and then they did eventually turn into face to face. Okay. And same. I you know, two of my best friends are from the mothers group, so I, it's something I always advocate
0: people to try. You okay. never know who you're going to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I'm glad you did get that experience in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's a shame that you didn't get the calf's nurse coming um no but i do have to say i, I do hear quite a lot of neg- negative experiences <laughs> about that anyway so you might have <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know some of the nurses are beautiful and i really don't want to like dismiss um our nurses because nurses are very um they're doing wonderful stuff but yeah i just i know of some women that leave when they leave the nurses leave i just left feeling like they're not doing a good job at Something, whether it's feeding or whatever, but yeah, um, that's a you're whole nother nice thing. Vulnerable.
1: You're like, incredibly vulnerable to anything anyone says, so yes, um, yes, absolutely. Sometimes things are said that are not there's the weight of what is being said, I don't think is considered. Um, so absolutely, I do, I do understand what you're saying, um, yeah, but it, again, it's less about the mum. It's yes. less about the birth, the person who has just birthed and been through the arguably the biggest transition they will ever have, um, and it's never about the mum. I don't know if you. If that's in my experience, anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, you do the the mental health sc- like check thing yeah, yeah. At the screener, um, but apart from that, yeah, if there really isn't. I, I went to the um the physio to you know have my pelvic ch- floor checked and all that stuff and then it was like off you go see ya we've got a baby now <laughs> yeah. and um, we
1: know we know from the research that postpartum depression and anxiety can kick in any time in the first 12 months yeah and and potentially way longer um so the fact that that's you know, a part of the research is well accepted um, but it's not included in the health system yet uh, is something that doesn't sit well with me and something I'll continue to to fight for, I guess.
0: Yeah. What do you think would be, like, how do you think that could be better managed, like more Mm check-ins or more?
1: Yeah, at least, you know, at the very minimum check-ins at a regular basis whether it be every couple of months and this be a maternal check-in um not a baby check-in yeah perhaps it's when your baby goes in for immunizations if you're choosing to have them Um, maybe that is when yeah yeah, a a check is is you know part of that appointment may be focused
0: on mum or the birthing parent i'm not sure but that could be a place to start yeah, yeah, my mind definitely went to those appointments when you're already going into a GP already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I my, the worst of my depression was my son would have been past two. Mm. Um, I mean, I've always been susceptible to it, but like, I never diagnosed with depression until yeah. after after having a baby. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy that it. Yeah, it just, you're still in that whole new world. Yeah, uh, for so long. <laughs>
1: well, you know, some people say postpartum's forever.
0: I was just, <laughs> I just literally thought that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. think about. I love you know, that saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me too. I love it. I, I absolutely believe that because as a, and one thing we haven't mentioned is I'm also a perinatal psychologist. So what that means is I've done extra training around. The lens, you know, looking at a client and developing a treatment plan uh, and delivering that treatment plan whilst acknowledging that that parent is not a sole person. When When you're a parent postpartum, even if that baby is not physically in your arms, even if it's loss, right, we still have to look at it from a perinatal perspective that it is mother and baby. That there's been this huge transition um so either way you know at whatever stage you get a formal diagnosis of depression you can't separate you from your children because they're always a part of your life i don't know if you agree with that but
0: no i absolutely do it's mm. yeah i think you, yeah you, you you literally can't separate the two really
1: mm.
0: um because yeah they're you grew them <laughs> yeah yeah, well, yeah however you that you can't well, I guess not necessarily grew them but however they came to be if you're their parent mm. like that is yeah that, it's a any, strong connection
1: right and any symptom you might have sorry it's very clinical talk isn't it but experience mm-hmm. of a really deep intense say low mood dysthymia um how can your family life not be a part of that right um, and I'm, I don't mean a part of as if it's causing it, but I mean a part of the consideration in how you would treat that and the experience of that feeling. You're not an individual person outside of your family. I hope that makes sense.
0: No, it, it, absolutely, yeah, it absolutely does because, yeah, it all flows into each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess can you tell us a little bit more about, so oh I guess, you yeah, you had your cat's experience, yeah. and you did you did um, make a few th- friends through, through there, which is awesome. Mm. And then, so between bub one and bub two, mm. you've started the village around me.
1: So, um, yes, I started it literally with a probably a month or two of thinking how how can we better support mums? Um there are psychologists out there doing this incredible work, um, but why is it not so well known? Um and I thought Instagram's probably the first place to start just to kind of get it out there that you do not have to face all of this alone. And just because your parents or your family or friends have said, yep, that's pretty common in parenthood, that doesn't make it okay yeah um and so that's where I started around offering you know appointments here and there um privately with mums from a perinatal focus and I did the training um and then it just kind of erupted to to be honest (laughs) um and I went you know what I need to I need to face the facts that working in working with children um is is work that I've done for a very long time and I love it um but this clearly the universe is sending me a sign that I need to shift my focus to to just perinatal work um and so that's how it happened really it just yeah. grew um
0: so you sort so, of started um, online and you were doing home visits and yeah, telehealth yeah
1: cool doing them here and there and then slowly cut down on my work with kids um until I cut it out completely and increased my days um, doing, yeah, home visits and telehealth in Adelaide um, and obviously telehealth nationwide. Uh, but then decided, okay, I have clients that absolutely want clinics. So opened up um, some
0: clinic spots as well. Amazing. That's incredible. I just, yeah, yeah I think I love how you you had an idea, you saw it, and you saw a need,
1: mm.
0: and you made it happen. You made it happen, and it's just—I love the work that you're doing. I think it's so important, and I wish I knew about you <laughs> <laughs> about three and a half years ago. <laughs> need more followers, then don't I? No. <laughs> um, I think Although it looked like you said, I think postpartum is forever. So who knows? True. Maybe I. I mean, actually, <laughs> I. I I need to find a new psychologist, so. I cannot confirm or deny that I know who you are. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to just touch on the home visit because I think it's a, a really important part of my story is that I really struggled to get anywhere and to get in the car with a baby. So I went, how many mothers out there would book an appointment or even hesitate to book? At the thought of how difficult that would be to sit and and when you know you meet with a psychologist your your most vulnerable self for an hour 50 minutes to an hour um and to be able to do that with a baby i think everyone shies away from it oh no it's too hard like i I need to focus on baby's needs again rather than their own needs so that's why i went no i think i need it to be accessible for families, so I think home visits really, really works for a lot of a lot of mums who wouldn't book in if they had to get out and go to a clinic.
0: Yeah, for sure. I actually just got a little bit teary then because it reminded me of yeah, <laughs> uh, not going to a psychologist, but um, just uh, a time that I had a an obstetrician like follow up with baby, mm-hmm. and um, like they said that she was running late, so I thought I had a bit of time Mm. and then, like, got in the car and he screamed the whole entire way and they rang saying, where are you? And I was like, you said you were running late. And, like, I got there and I was just a mess. Like, I was hysterical. Mm. (laughs) I was just, like, I think, you know, it's just, you know, you're tired, screaming baby in the car, you're late, your anxiety just, like, so, yeah, home visits all the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can absolutely empathise with that as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And then they do a pull explosion. Yes. <laughs> I can't, yes. I can't tell you how many home sessions I've been standing there next to a change table and
0: that is absolutely fine. Like, yeah.
1: we just keep going.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, I don't, like, I guess for psychology appointments I've always, like, I can't, I, I just wouldn't go if I had one of my kids with me, like, mm. including a baby because, that's a lot for me um so then you are like working around your partner's work and stuff or someone to have them and that's a whole nother thing but like i get why people it, yeah it's, for some people that's probably the easiest and better option just to do it with baby there but, um,
1: i it's funny um yes i agree having your own space that's just you that you can focus 100 percent is so important um but I actually think it's really useful to bring baby, at le- you know, to at least a couple of appointments um, because, like we spoke about earlier, you cannot separate. If, you, if you're treating someone in the perinatal period, you can't separate them. Mm. Um, and when I say separate, I don't mean physically. Yeah. I mean um, in the treatment, it's so important for me as a psychologist to see the interaction between mum and baby, you know, especially with postpartum depression. Is there risk of... Um, you know, difficulty bonding with baby? Um, are there challenges where I can observe a, a parent getting really overwhelmed, attending to their baby's needs? Are there ways that we can support the mum that's going to support her mental health in those areas as well?
0: I hope yeah, it would give you a very good insight actually, yeah. especially yes. in, in
1: their home as well. Yes, yeah,
0: I think yeah, it's really invaluable. Um, and I
1: hear it time and time again where parents say, that they spent time cleaning before I came. And I'm like, no, Aww. I do not look at houses. I don't, you should come and see my house. You know, it's not, not about that at all. But um, look, it's I about... think most people would do that. <laughs> 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 I know, I, as much as I can tell them, they're not going to, uh, they're, yeah, they're not going to listen. They're just going to claim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> But, yes, between, yeah, you're right, between first and second. So technically went first, um, back to work, started this, and then we decided um, to try again for a second baby.
0: And now you're 35 weeks sitting on a. Now um, I'm 35 weeks. On a fit ball. I Woo-hoo. am.
1: It's not been an easy journey. Um, we had a loss last year. Oh, um, so sorry. And I'm, this is going to sound really bizarre, I'm really grateful. For that because um it it was really life-changing for me um and and i learned so much about myself and so much about my values in life um and this baby i think is intrinsically linked um with our baby that we lost so um mm. it's not been an easy journey to get here either no. um, so sitting on this football going i can't believe
0: i'm here <laughs> Yeah, wow. What do you think, like, what's from that experience, what do you think has been most impactful in terms of your life changing?
1: Mm. I think it has just given me so much perspective around uh, I guess I guess me and who I am and who I, how I've kind of pictured my family to look. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm really open about on my like personal social media page is that babies don't just disappear if they're lost. You know, if you if you have a pregnancy after a loss, that other baby still exists for sure. Um, and that, and advocating for that, and really giving, which we it was just before um, we were going to find out the sex that we lost a yeah. baby, but we, you know, envisioned a girl. Uh, we gave her a name. We kind of honoured her um, in the ways that suited us. And that has been kind of my advocacy work personally. Um, yeah. A lot of people go, oh, look, see, you made it. As though that baby didn't exist and I'm <sighs> magically healed. So I think that's been the biggest learning is that these your experience, how you see your family, your babies, whether they're with you or not, um, shouldn't be minimised by others. Um, Absolutely you can, not. You can give them a voice in whatever way you need to. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, I think that's really important that you're advocating that because, yeah, it's not, oh, cool, like you've got your baby, forget about the other one. Like yeah, that's just not okay. Yeah. And I yeah. think
1: it's, it's tough. Grief is a really complex thing that other people won't understand your own experience of. So I, I do get it. Mm. But everybody needs to figure out their, their best way of dealing with that grief.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you being able to talk about um, your baby that you did lose, I think that's that's part of your healing and, mm-hmm. yeah, that's important
1: ironic that a psychologist would say you need to talk about things so and <laughs> <don't know> what <laughs> uh, but yes uh, who would have thought? Well, it's in my life as well for anyone yes. um, who doesn't believe me when
0: I say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you're just yeah I'm so impressed by you like just listening to what you've been through and what you're doing and the change in the world that you are trying to make in this space is just so so inspiring I think everyone would agree that's listening so what's like so the village around me you're obviously going to go and leave for a little bit Mm -hmm. you've got some other psychologists and I know clinical psychologists um, Mm -hmm. working in your clinic and hopefully it keeps growing yeah, we, we're all part-time. We're mums. We've got a
1: perinatal counsellor who does private sessions um, and two psychologists that do private or through a mental health care plan. Um, but I can't keep away. Um, so I, yeah. <laughs> because I love the work I do. It's your I, other
0: baby. <laughs> right, it's my
1: other baby. Um, yeah. So I have the luxury that I can go back and see one client at a time. My husband really luckily has um, excellent paternity leave. Um so, you know, I can come back and see one client a day if I want. Um, so I, I'll, I'll be back in April <laughs> probably.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, so can you share with us your um, Instagram so people can find you on there and then they'll mm-hmm. be able to find through that your website if they do want to go see you in Glenelg North or mm-hmm. Telehealth or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's at the village around me um, and oh, gosh, I need to get better at posting, which I'm sure everybody says. <laughs> but <laughs> Yes, we've got our links to the website. Um, I always encourage people to sh- basically shop around, read bios, see who you might connect with. Psychologists, counsellors, they always have a, a biography that explains the work they do and who they are. Um, always do that. You are under no obligation to see someone just because they're available. Um, find someone that you might connect with. That's going to be the most important.
0: Thing for treatment thank you thanks for saying that and just for the listeners how do they go about getting a health, mental health care plan mm-hmm. um, gp appointment it will be a longer
1: you have to ask for a longer appointment uh, again hopefully you have a gp that you really connect with and knows you well These appointments are pretty important because when we get a referral come through, that information can determine um, where you would sit on a list, right? Um, So if there are really high risk things in there or um, um, basically like a triage that we do. Uh, So it is so important when you do that plan to really give all the information that you can so that they can fill that out with as much detail as possible. Then once that appointment is done, they kind of send that plan um, to us
0: and then you can book in. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on today, Steph. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. And good luck with the birth of this little bubs. Thank you. I'm yeah. looking
1: forward to the birth. I'm very much preparing for the new one yes you're
0: planning a home birth aren't
1: you (laughs) yes i'm so
0: excited oh i hope it all goes well for you i think
1: this podcast is going to go out before baby's born but our family don't know that we're having a home birth that's uh, a little little secret and no no that's fine have to talk (laughs) about it here i'll tell them about the podcast after the birth yeah Um, uh yeah so we're really excited about that we've gone with a private midwife this time and we
0: love her so that's amazing yeah Oh, well, all the best. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. I'm just popping back in because I messaged Steph a few days later after this recording and I was like, we didn't even talk about the main thing that actually I guess, drew me to her Instagram page, which is her mother's groups. So um, the village around me, they host mother's groups. They're run by a counsellor and they've got a mental health focus with, and it's, you know, with someone who has skills in that postpartum time. So, you know, you can go to these mother's groups have a counsellor there, be with other mums who are going through similar things to you, maybe, who knows. Um, But, yeah, have someone that really knows how to help guide you, I suppose. I just, when I saw that they had this going on and with a real focus on mental health for mums, I just thought, that's amazing. (laughs) And I can't believe we, I think we just got so caught up talking about other things it's so funny we didn't even talk about that but they um they do have a new group starting in january so i guess if you're um pregnant and expecting a bubs late this year um you might be able to join up for january it is in adelaide and i assume the groups i believe would probably be in the glenelg area um, something else that I do want to tell you that she offers, which I also think is just so clever, is it's like a couple's, she called it a couple's group. So I, I don't know whether it's with group, like a group of people with couples, with multiple couples, or whether it's like just a couple and a psychologist or a counsellor. It um, There might be both, I'm not sure. Um, but basically the aim is to help couples prepare for birth and for postpartum. So like, yes, I know we go to antenatal classes and things, but the postpartum part, like knowing what that really looks like for couples and having some of those discussions, I think would be really powerful because I think we can all say that I don't think I know anyone whose relationship hasn't been impacted in some way by having children like it just it just it can't stay the same That it just doesn't (laughs) you're looking after other people um so yeah just letting you know that there's these wonderful mothers groups going on you can get the couples um Counseling and yeah, I just think Steph is her business is doing some great things and yeah, definitely check it out. (music) The Hey There Sunshine podcast acknowledges that we are recording on the traditional country of the Kaurna people of the Adelaide Plains and pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their cultural heritage beliefs and relationship with the land. We acknowledge that they are of continuing importance to the Kaurna people living today. And we also extend that respect to other Aboriginal language groups and other First Nations peoples.